Hi, everybody. Welcome to Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issue, stop for a second. Stop. How to pause to save your relationship or how pausing can save your relationship. So what do you do when you're tight like that? Right. Hit the pause button. Now what? Right. Well, you're needing to move out of that, um, you know, sort of amygdala function. You know, you're just like all feeling right then. You're in the feeling. So what you want to do is step back and become a witness to the feeling. And the way you do that is by identifying just like what you did. You said, I, I said, what do I feel in my body? So that way you're now you're accessing your the thinking part of your brain and you're not so much um, uh, consumed by what you're feeling. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Pausing requires two things. Number one, the intention to do better in your relationship, to do better for yourself, like show up as a better you, and two, to be aware of where you're coming from before you open your mouth. Awareness, I'm telling you, it's like, I always equate emotional intelligence to going to the gym. It's it's strength training, self-awareness. It it just, you got to build that muscle. Um, So I've been working on what on saying what I need and then letting go, like tell the universe what you want and then let, let it go. Um, not being attached to the outcome. It's not easy. Not letting my happiness depend on getting that need met, just saying what I would like or what I would need, putting it out there to the universe or to my husband or whoever and letting what happens happens. Like I said, practicing, that means I'm not always doing it right. Um, so, my husband and I always have this like pillow talk time at the end of the day, me and my rituals. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a connection thing for me. And we had a particularly busy day last week and I came home from work. I'm always tired when I come home pretty much. And he cooked uh, and we cleaned together. That's the thing we always do. And I could feel the night slipping away. I'm very conscious of time. And I was like, I really want the pillow talk time in my head. And so I said, I would really like to squeeze in some pillow talk time before it gets too late. So said what I wanted, right? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So we finish folding laundry. And as I'm brushing my teeth, aware of time, I'm noticing that he hasn't even taken a shower yet. And I can feel my body tensing up. I was just aware of it. I'm like, oh, okay, it's in my stomach, it's in my chest. <laughs> and I can feel this anxiety growing. And the anxiety said, see, you're not gonna have time for pillow talk time. See, here we go. And I'm getting tight. And as I'm putting on lotion on my legs in the bathroom, he walks in the shower. He's walking in the bathroom in the shower, but I notice he's got a Clorox bottle. And clearly he was going to take a shower and then he was going to clean the mold off the wall. And I know a lot of you are listening going, oh, that's so wonderful guy who cleans. Yeah. Well, it was almost 10 o'clock at night and I (laughs) I stopped and I paused and I sat on the tub and I'm like squeezing my hands. I'm really rubbing in that lotion and I could feel my jaw getting tight. And I was like, I checked myself and I saw that part of me that wanted to say, you're going to do that now. You can do that right now. You're going to clean the shower after you take a shower. How long is that going to take? But then again, I just, I realized I thought this. And then I realized the other part of me, again, it's like a two part of your brain, right? The second part of my brain said, well, that would be a criticism. How do you think that that would go over? That would be a criticism. And where?
where are you coming from? Well, I'm trying to control the situation. I'm trying to criticize him so he doesn't clean the shower and I get my pillow talk time. Well, well, what kind of pillow talk time would that be, Lynn? I said to myself, that would not go over well. It would not be that connection that you're looking for because you're criticizing trying to control the outcome. So um, I realized I already said what I needed, right? He heard me and let it be. Take a deep breath. Let it be. He's cleaning the shower. This is a good thing. You already said what you wanted. So I walked to the bed and I lied down and I took some deep breaths and I soothed myself and I said, it's okay. You're okay. This isn't the end of the world. Look for the good thing. He's cleaning the bathroom. There's no problem. You normally get your needs met. It's okay. Maybe tonight's not the night for pillow talk time. So I started feeling better and I think I was almost falling asleep. And he did his thing, scraped and whatever. And we ended up having pillow talk time. But the point is, I stopped and I took a breath. I was so proud of myself. I call it the Clorox moment. And um, hold on, what was I going to say? It's the stopping and pausing, I feel like, that saved us from arguments. And also knew me. I didn't analyze it with him. I didn't say, because I was still kind of fresh on the whole thing. I didn't say, oh, you did this and I did this. I just let it be. I told him, we talked about it later, but only because I was proud of my success, not trying to change him at all. He didn't do anything wrong, actually. Um, so this is what I want to talk about today, how we can stop and pause and take ownership of our feelings to save us from arguments, criticism, and hurt feelings. Um I guess that's the key. How can we control our emotions and zip it when we really just want to let it rip and rip that person's face off? <laughs> Today's guest is a favorite of ours, Dr. Lisa Arango. She's going to tell us what the key is on how to hit the pause button. Lisa's a couple therapist, couples therapist, marriage counselor, guru of all things, writer and speaker, and she's a great person to explain what is going on here. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for coming. Hi, Lynn. Great to be back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. What did you think of that story? I think you're amazing. So you can share that with your husband that I said that Aww. because everything that you did in this case, and I'm sure it's not all the time, but no. this time was right and is exactly what I would coach women through or men that are working on this to do. I mean, all the things. It's just that initial, I mean, we can talk about this, but the hardest part is the first part, right? Is to not, when you feel like it, going off and just not. Oh, yeah. This is, um, I shared another story um, where I literally went off, flipped him off. I'm not a flipper. I don't use the word even in the car. I turned into somebody I don't know who I was in a podcast called When You Lose It. Mm. So I definitely have a practice on losing it. Um, so what is the, what do you advise your clients to do when they do want to lose it? Like, how do you hit the pause button? Well, what happens when you're in that moment and you feel that surge of emotion is that you are in a fight or flight, right? That's what's happening. And if you have, again, like I love the analogy of going to the gym, it's something that you have to work on um, 
self-control and being able to, to, to pause is a muscle that you need to develop. But the first thing is really just that awareness of like, that's the moment, you know, when maybe the, it feels like the lights just went bright or your heart starts racing or your fists are clenching. But all of a sudden, we all know that feeling when you go from sort of a baseline of being okay to not being okay. And when that switch is flipped is that's the moment when you have to that's the pause button. That is the pause button. But the key is exactly what you just said. If you guys, if, if for those of you listening, aren't interested in awareness, you just stop the podcast and go listen to music or something else. Because I, I, at least from my experience, tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. if you have an intention to be aware, then you are on the right track. If you, you're on the way to the gym, you're in the car on the way to the gym. Mm-hmm. If you have an intention to go to McDonald's, mm-hmm. then don't even go to the gym. Right. So if you have an intention to be aware. Yeah, you know what? I do want to hit the pause button. Then you're on the right track. Right. Okay. So an intention is number one. Yes. Yes. So you're thinking about this outside of it because it's just like, again, going back to physical fitness, you don't wait until you have to carry something heavy up the stairs to use your biceps for the first time, right? You go to the gym when you're not lifting heavy right. things on purpose, you're doing it to train yourself. Right. So you have to do that outside of, um, you know, and a great way to do that is practicing mindfulness and meditation. Um, and then even on things that don't necessarily trigger you into that fight or flight, just seeing if you can just, um, pause and just go slower in general before you mm-hmm. react to things. So building that up before you're in that moment, knowing that this is going to be a really good thing, if not one of the best things for your relationship, because then what happens is when you end up not pausing and you do flip the switch and it goes in a bad way, usually what you end up talking about and fighting about is what you said, yes. the mean thing you said, the, the bad thing you said, yes. right, and all of that bad behavior, and you never really get to talk about what you were feeling in the first place. Right. And then you're and then you become the bad guy in that in that scenario and it's like, oh, we didn't even talk about the fact that I was just longing for connection. Right. 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 Or that you push my button on purpose or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Okay. So have the intention, train yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you do, and number two, pause. Mm-hmm. So let's say you, you are successful and you hit the, the pause button. Mm-hmm. Then what do you tell your clients to do? Cause you're still right. pissed off. Your heart is still yeah. beating, you know, you, your my jaw gets clenched. Right. So what do you do when you're tight like that? You, right. you hit the pause button. Now what? Right. Well, you're needing to move out of that, um, you know, sort of amygdala function. You know, you're just like all feeling right then. You're in the feeling. So what you want to do is step back and become a witness to the feeling. And the way you do that is by identifying just like what you did. You said, I, I said, what do I feel in my body? So that way you're now you're accessing your the thinking part of your brain and you're not so much um uh, consumed by what you're feeling. So you're not necessarily, you're coming out of the feeling, you're more witnessing what the feeling is, um, and then label it. And so that is like the switch from the like more primal part of your brain that's in that fight or flight to the thinking part of your brain is when you ask those questions. What am I feeling in my body and what is the emotion? So what am I thinking? So my example, I was like, I asked myself literally, mm-hmm. what's going on here? What is your intention? And my mm-hmm. intention is to control him. 
<laughs> well, that would come next because in that moment, it's hard to know, like, because right now you're just okay. trying to get to the pause where you're, oh, okay. you can access the thinking part oh, of your brain. Right. Okay. So I would say, what am I thinking? I'm thinking that we're running out of time and well, he's going to no, clean the shower. Right. No, but first you're going to say, where am I feeling it in my body? Okay. And then you're going to say, I'm feeling, you know, I feel my heart racing or whatever. I'm angry right now. I see. Right. And so do a couple of deep breaths. And then the next thing is, what is the story that I'm telling myself right now? Mm, Okay. Like my story would, I didn't ask myself that. My story was, well, he's taking a shower and cleaning the shower. So running out of time and I'm not going to get my needs met. We're going to have pillow talk time. I'm not going to connect. So, and then what do you do after that? Mm -hmm. What's the story I'm telling myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times the story is when um, relationships are not in a good place. It's a story about your relationship can even, Mm. it can be like, well, here we go again. He doesn't even care about my feelings. He knew that I was really looking forward to our pillow talk. And obviously whatever he wants is more important. I don't matter. Exactly. So it goes into this whole thing about the relationship and how you see your partner and how you see things going between you. And it could get really negative. So what's the third step? So the third step is you want to already keep in mind that you're giving your partner the benefit of the doubt, you know, and that he actually is a person. So what you are doing, the self-soothing is the next part, right? So that's a self-soothing with deep breathing or um, so it's part of the, you know, bringing down the physiology of of the emotion through Mm -hmm. the deep breathing, or maybe you need to go for a walk or splash some cold water on your face, hold some ice cubes, depending on how upset you are. And then, you know, that's when you want to start self-soothing, like mentally, like the process of like, okay, what's really going on here? Is it really that he doesn't care? You know, could it be something else? I know he loves me. He said he wanted to do this thing. We had this great great kiss right when he got home. (laughs) (laughs) Trained him. Yes. (laughs) So that's probably not what's happening for him right now. So... In my case, okay, so I'm just going to go over the steps. Mm-hmm. Lisa what recommends um, to hit the pause button. Three steps: go in your body, ask yourself, "What am I? What am I feeling in your body? What's attached to that? What am I thinking?" Um, number two: What's the story I'm telling myself? Maybe it's I don't matter. He doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. Number three: Give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Self-soothe and. Um, ask yourself what's going on here. Now, in my case, uh, it you know I was done after number three because I I didn't take what he was doing personally. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like a habit. N- that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. So let's say there this is an issue that you yeah you hit the pause button. Great, mm-hmm. you didn't attack, rip the person's face off, or criticize them. Mm-hmm. Self soothed, but you want to talk about it. This mm-hmm. is a pattern, or this bothers me, or mm-hmm. I have a need. What's the fourth step? Are you saying that you because you hit the pause button and you didn't create this big argument, mm-hmm. um, you're able to talk about the issue? Mm-hmm. Or well, that's that is the goal, right? So instead of reacting to what just happened, you're now responding. And mm. you're in a place now where things are more likely to go well. And research in couple conflict says that the way a conflict conversation begins 
is indicative of how or predictive of how mm. it's going to go. So imagine if you're coming from the reactive place with a lot of strong emotion and, and anger and criticism versus coming from a softer place. So we call it starting up soft and then using the old I statements. And a lot of times I statements can be confused with, you know, because you could turn an I statement into a you statement very easily. Like, yes. like I, th- I think you're, a, you know, doing the wrong thing or I think you shouldn't have whatever. So... Well, really? yeah, can, I, can we expand on that? Yeah. I statements. Let's give, let's give examples. Exactly what you just said. Here's passive aggressive I statements. I'm sorry you got your feelings hard. Yeah. I'm sorry you did it wrong. Uh-huh. I A better I statement, correct me if I'm wrong, would be I'm feeling really hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling not good enough. Mm-hmm. There's no you in there. None. And it's hard. It's damn hard. Yeah. Because you did this to me. Right. <laughs> it's easier to point the finger. Right. Yeah, I statements are key. Okay, so start soft. Mm-hmm. Use I statements. Yeah, and, and and really you're focusing on yourself. You're mm-hmm. only focusing on like describing if you were like a, well, you, you actually are a reporter. <laughs> if you're a reporter and you're just reporting to your partner, like what's going on inside of me, what I'm saying to myself, what the story is, what the need is, what the feeling is, you know, what the ask is, whatever it is, but it's coming only from you. And if it's, if it is when you're talking about the story that you're telling yourself, if it's negative about your husband, but you're owning it, you're saying the story I'm telling myself right now is that you didn't want to come be with me. Okay. That's perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. Let's say you did it perfectly right, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. And we talked about this in our last podcast about how men feel like sometimes like the bad guy when a woman says she has a feeling, for example, I'm Mm -hmm. feeling, you know, not good enough when this happens. Let's say you did it perfectly right. And the guy still feels like, well, you know, he's triggered because he hears he's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, that's because, you know, you're always wanting this pillow talk time or whatever, some sort of criticism. Mm -hmm. What is your advice there? Well, I would try to check out like what's happening with him. You know, because here you are being vulnerable. Now, if you really are, so you have to kind of check yourself. Mm. Like vulnerability, sometimes we think as women that we're, and a lot of women say to when they walk in my office, I'm so good at sharing my feelings. I share my feelings all the time. And it turns out, yes, you share your feelings, but not from the vulnerable place, you know. Tell me more about that, because I'm I'm good at pretending that I'm being vulnerable, but really mm-hmm. there's some judgment under there about him. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you mean? Yeah. And I think, well, I know like if vulnerability doesn't feel like a little bit, I would say icky for some people yeah. or a little bit risky, and I'm not sure how this is going to go, but this is really how I'm feeling, then it's not vulnerability because by definition, vulnerability is when you take an emotional risk with someone. Right. And it's very subtle and your partner will know if you're being vulnerable. So you could say things like, I'm feeling really sad and hurt right now. <laughs> Which comes on very bitchy. <laughs> exactly. And it's, I mean... It's your fault. <laughs> right. And your partner is going to read because the nonverbal is much stronger than even the words that you're saying. So give me an example of using the same words of a vulnerable state. Okay, you got to give. Okay, I'm going to channel my inner vulnerability. You just said I'm feeling really sad right now. Okay, now I'm going to go into my sadness. Um, Yeah, it's like even when I think about it, I could feel my body shift, and I could. Yeah, your eyes are getting watery. No. Yeah. Yeah, I could really be like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling really sad and um, hurting right now, and I just really need you to listen. So. Okay. Yeah, I could. 
vulnerability is an energy mm-hmm. within that comes out of your mouth. Yeah. And eye contact is so important. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Eye contact. Why? Well, because when you're looking into your partner's eyes, then you're really focusing and you can also much easier read the emotion and become less defensive. Because when you're in that defensive, and a lot of times when we're triggered, we're telling ourselves a story about something from the past. There's an image or a memory about something that has already happened, and it's not actually happening in the moment because our brains don't know, our primitive part of our brain doesn't know the difference between similar and same. So when something similar happens, brain says, same, here we go again, you're about to get rejected, he's going to leave you, he's not going to care. So that eye contact can really bring you into the present moment and acknowledge that your partner is there and open and present. Wow, I just realized I do not do that. Sometimes well, when I'm sometimes when I am vulnerable and I'm explaining how I feel, I notice my eyes like go to the ceiling, or I'm sort of like giving a performance. Mm, it's hard, mm. yeah, because being vulnerable is like the equivalent of being emotionally naked. Yes, mm. and looking your partner in the eyes while you're emotionally naked, right? Yeah. Like here I am. It's kind of like opening your eyes during sex. Yeah, it's like, do you see me? I'm here, right. and what are you gonna do? <laughs> right. Okay, so your tip and hitting the pause button. Um, actually, two different things here. But three tips, guys. Uh, Lisa recommends going in your body, asking yourself, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Number two, uh, what story am I telling myself? Like, I don't matter. I'm not good enough. And by the way, when you ask yourself, what am I telling myself? Just be aware. Here's the story. No no fixing. Because I'm like, well, what do I do about that? No, just what story am I telling myself? No Mm -hmm. judgment. It is what it is. And number three, give your partner the benefit of the doubt um, and self-soothe if possible. And the second part of this, Lisa recommends, when you do, after you're able to hit the pause button, want to talk about the issue, the subject, the feeling, Start off, these are great tips for any kind of conversation. Start soft with I statements. And you're able to do this because you hit the pause button, by the way. I statements. I feel. I want. I, 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 I. Focus on you. Try to not use the you word. (laughs) And that great tip, use eye contact to truly be vulnerable and stay in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Do you... What made you think of this? Because again, I got this from this idea of the subject about um, hitting the pause button after I had already done it. And I saw your Instagram reel. How often do you use this with your clients? Like when people come to you, there's Mm -hmm. a problem in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So is this a a, a tactic, a tip that you tell your clients to do? Because they're already fighting. Mm -hmm. Are they, you know, is this common or... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not only the pause for yourself, like if you're able to, if you could each do that, I mean, imagine you would be having conversations about what's going on from a much more grounded place, a much more present place, right? Um, so having each partner develop that skill independently, but also when you're in the negative cycle, which is your negative conflict cycle, and we all have them, if you're not sure what that is, mm-hmm. I actually have on my website a free download that's called WTF, What the Fight Is This? <laughs> um, it's a crazy diagram that walks you through like, what is our, what are our steps in our dance and our negative cycle, our negative conflict cycle? So, mm. um, so the other place to that's use... brilliant. Oh, negative conflict cycle. Every couple has this. Well, mm-hmm. I, not every, but many. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, every. Every. Okay. Yeah. Everyone. It's a dance. It's a dance. It's what mm-hmm. happens. And when, you know, the process that I help couples go through is identifying what that negative dance is and then to be able to stop it. So that's another place where the pause comes in. So if you weren't on your own able to pause yourself or your or your partner wasn't able to pause themselves, but one of you finds that we're in it, we've already like, you know, we've crossed the line and now we're in this negative dance. Then if one of you can say, and you've done this outside of the argument, you've agreed that when we get to this point, one of us can say like a safe word or you identify whatever you want to call your cycle. Like timeout. Right. Or you can say timeout or we're in, we're in the cyclone or we're in the middle mm. of one of those hurricanes. So let's let's pause pause. right ah that's brilliant and there's a couple of things to that because most of the time in couples and in conflict there's one person who is the pursuer and the other person who is the withdrawer Mm. and so the best thing the withdrawer can hear is pause because they often just want to go away and avoid the conflict you know so if they can call call a pause or a timeout during a conflict that's like such a relief for them but for the pursuer that's like the worst thing you can do is like walk away and end an argument before it's completed but if you have an agreement before you have the argument that when we hit the pause button there were it's what an hour 10 minutes the next day you're gonna talk i am the pursuer in general so if i know that Okay, time out. I'm flooded mm-hmm. as, you know, Gottman, that's another therapy mm-hmm. word or person theory. Um, I'm flooded. Let's talk about this tomorrow morning or let's talk mm-hmm. about this later this afternoon. That makes me feel better. I'm fine. Right. Right. So and you have an agreement. Exactly that you're going to come back. And whoever asked for the pause or called the time out is the one that has to go back within mm. a specified amount of time. Okay, that's that's you know. fair. And another tip is to never let an argument go for more than 20 minutes. There's research mm-hmm. around that, that nothing good is going to happen after. If you've been at it for 20 minutes and you haven't been able to resolve things, it's time to take a time out. Right. Because you're just going round and round and round. And eventually mm-hmm. that pause button is, uh, it's only so long you can, <laughs> you can keep your thumb on it. Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, great tip. So this negative conflict cycle thing, we mm-hmm. can. You said you have something you can download free on your website, or yeah, it's on my website okay. at drlisaarango.com. dot mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah, you'll see it right there on the homepage. A R A N G O. That's her mm-hmm. last name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so start off with I statements, focus on you, eye contact. Be, talk about this negative conflict cycle ahead of time, mm-hmm. and discuss ahead of time. Um this pursuer withdrawer situation and who's going to hit the pause button and what the agreed amount of time is. Now, do you agree on the time uh, for pausing in the moment? Okay, let's talk about this in 20 minutes or let's talk about this in two Mm -hmm. years. Or do you talk about it ahead of time before the argument? Well, if you already have like a specified, I mean, you could do it either way. You can say, you know, if we get into this and we're one of us needs to take a time out, we notice it's not going in a good place, then we'll check back in with each other within 20 minutes. And that's a minimal amount of time. And actually, it takes men a lot longer physiologically 
research shows to get de- back down to baseline. Okay. Um, so minimally 20 minutes. And during that kind of pause timeout that you've taken away from the conflict, it's really important what you do during that time. You're not going to go and rehearse what you're going to say when you come back or, right. you know, go to get ammunition for when your partner returns. You want to really just focus on self-soothing, bringing your emotions back down to baseline. So you go for a run, you take a shower, you do some breathing, you watch a show. You, I feel physical. Like if you can physically move your body yeah. after hitting the pause button, it really, really helps. Mm-hmm. Changes your energy. Yeah, I agree. Um, in a sentence, you know, I always do this to you. What's your best advice for life on how to pause in one sentence? One sentence? Hmm. In order to pause, you have to start with self-awareness and intention and recognize that you're doing this for the good of your relationship. Excellent. And the good of yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like such a heel because you're not losing control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that hangover effect after you've lost it on your partner is terrible. Oh, it is. You feel guilty for days. Yeah. If you want to get a hold of Lisa, she's big on Instagram, Dr. Lisa Arango, R-A-R-R. A-R-A-N-G-O, A-R-A-N-G-O. You have a retreat. Let's talk about that. I do. Um, My partner and I, uh, Megan Barnard, she is a yoga, certified yoga instructor and also a health coach. And she and I are doing a mind-body wellness retreat for women in Costa Rica. It's going to be in February the 21st for four nights in an amazing... 2024. Yes, 2024. An amazing boutique uh, hotel with a spa, a couple of pools. It's on the side of a mountain, views of the Pacific Mm. Ocean. So we're going to have wellness workshops every day and breath work and yoga. So we have have only two rooms left. So if there's any women out there, you can grab a friend and uh, sign up for our retreats, which you can find out more. Just DM me on my Instagram at Dr. Lisa Arango. Will you guys be talking about pausing? <laughs> we, pause button. we will talk about pause for sure. Yeah, we're going to be talking about connection, um, creation, things that you want to, you know, goals or dreams that you have that you want to pursue and just how to really refresh your mind and body daily, weekly, monthly, annually, what are some of those like habits that we can get into for ourselves? Awesome. Thank you, Lisa, so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. And good luck hitting that pause button. I know you can do it. Awareness. You can do it. Yes. Go to the awareness gym. <laughs> A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on adviceforlifewithlynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.